Hi, I'm Victor. And I'm Allegra. And we want to welcome you to Simply Investing. We're two mates in our 20s who have learned a thing or two in our young careers. Definitely from making lots of mistakes. And our mission is to simplify investing and give you the knowledge and confidence to kickstart your investment journey. Before we start, a quick reminder that nothing we say is financial advice. Rather, for educational purposes only. We are not financial advisors and everybody should invest according to their own circumstances. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Simply Investing Podcast. Um, Yeah, so today I guess we asked you all what you wanted to hear more about and one of the key topics that came up was, you know, ethical investing. Um, So, yeah, we've done, you know, a bit of research. This is something that we're both quite passionate about. So I will kick us off and explain to, you know, those of you that don't know what ethical investing is, what it actually is. Yep. Um, so yeah, I guess in a kind of simplified version or an easy to understand version, it's basically a strategy where you as an investor would choose investments based on your ethical code, your personal ethical code. Yeah. Um, so obviously this will differ between Different people. Different people, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, your investment should strive to support industries that make a positive impact. For example, you know, sustainable energy um, and, you know, obviously that will also create an investment return. Yep. Um, and I guess something that's coming through at the moment and whether it's ETF, stocks, whatever it is, like there's more actual funds available that do ethically invest. So it's a huge topic at the moment. Yep. It's something that's really important. And I think that in terms of investing and making money, it's an industry that's growing. Yeah, 100%. And I guess to strip it back to a very high level, Let's just take the ASX as an example, Legra, because we're both based in, in Australia. Um, the whole investable universe is split into 11 sectors, 24 industry groups, 68 individual industries, and 157 sub-industries. So when we talk about ethically investing, a very simple way of making your money, I guess, move for you in an ethical manner would be to not invest in some of the sectors or industry groups or, or sub-industries that don't align with your personal ethos. I can give an example for myself. I'm a non-smoker and I've, you know, have no problems with people if they choose to smoke, but I personally am a non-smoker. Yeah. And I think you are too. Yeah. That's why I wouldn't want to put my money into a tobacco company. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's because obviously, you know, not just because you're a non-smoker, but the health you know, effects, the, yeah. yeah, the health effects yeah, yeah. and the amount of research yeah. that's come out, and then yeah. obviously, you know, the flow-on effect that then has on our health system and all the rest of it. It's yeah. not something that is aligns with your values, and you no. don't believe in it. So, yeah, and I guess another one, um, you know, if we really shoot through the 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 sectors of, of the ASX, you know, we we can look at and just handpick a couple that you know personally may not have questionable ethics, but more sustainability challenges um, or, or different, you know, areas within that particular sector you may not want to touch if they don't align with your ethos. So, for example, quite simply, something like an energy sector, if a particular company hasn't really made as much of a transition to renewable energy as you would like and are still primarily burning fossil fuels um, to kind of generate their energy, then particularly you might not want to invest in, in, in that particular company. Now, we're not going to name any. No, but um, for example, you know, that could be, say, investing in a company that produces or manufactures coal. That's right. And if that's something that 
you know, you don't support, right? Because you um, are big on the climate agenda and just overall don't think coal is sustainable, etc. You might not want to invest in, you know, certain companies within the energy sector. Another quite simple one is healthcare. Obviously, with the pandemic lately, um, more and more questions are being piled upon the ethics of big pharma. Yeah. Right? And if that's something that is of a conscious nature to you, then you might not want to touch some of the large healthcare companies or some of the healthcare companies in general, um, you know, over questions about ethical clinical trials, etc. IT is a pretty touchy one because a lot of IT companies actually have a very high level of ethical rating in some ways. Yeah. But that might not always be the case. a truer reflection. Allegra. Yeah, and I guess, you know, on that, there's other sectors that maybe don't align with your ethical standards. For example, gambling companies. I know a yeah. lot of people are against you know, investing in gambling companies. It could be alcohol companies. Um, and then, you know, it could come down to investing in companies, for example, food companies or whatever it is, goods and services where they maybe don't source their products ethically or for example you know we'll throw out a company nike you know when yeah. they had huge backlash that they were actually producing or manufacturing a lot of their goods um or be using subcontractors but in developing countries where they were using miners to manufacture yeah. shoes i mean and for some people that does not align with their ethical standards yeah and i guess there's been a focus more in recent times um obviously on the sustainability side which is one side of the ethical conversation around investments but also the supply chain social side are you paying your workers a, a livable wage um, questions around poverty and the minimum wage around food scarcity around water electricity etc and like you mentioned nike is it nike or nike i don't know i feel like I always everyone has this yeah go with nike or whatever. Um, but you know like for them like you know there's been big questions around child labor and things like that so there are all these contentious issues um, around many of the sectors and many of the companies that are in these sectors. But if you were an ethically conscious investor, um, you know, your money talks the loudest and you can make that decision based on the particular sector you want to invest in. So I guess that's a very simple way in terms of determining what is ethically investing. You just kind of pick certain companies. Um, in some ways, it could be, you know, what is the least bad investment in a way. But you would want to put your money to work, um, you know, on a cause or a company that you believe is doing right by all of their stakeholders. All right. So I guess we've basically just touched on and explained what ethical investing is as a whole. Yep. Um, and, you know, I guess now we kind of want to get to a point, which is how would you, I know that everyone obviously um, has their, their ethics or their moral standards that they would invest by, but how do you actually screen out companies that don't align with your ethical standards or values? Okay. And I guess it is worth saying that I think that ethical investing is quite subjective as in different people will have different standards of ethics Um, So you do, to some degree, have to kind of invest in or, you know, uphold the standards that you think are ethical, right? Um, So there's a couple of ways that you can actually, you know, decide on what companies are ethical and which aren't. Um, And I guess the the two, you know, simple methods would be negative and positive screening. Um, So negative screening is basically excluding industries that you don't want to support. So, for example, smoking. 
you don't want to support tobacco companies. So you basically... I personally would. Yeah. So that your personal preference would be to not do that. Yeah. So you would basically screen out all companies that are either, you know, manufacture, producer, whatever it is, um, cigarettes yep. and tobacco products. Okay. And then, you know, on the opposite side of that is positive screening. So you're actively seeking out companies that are trying to make a difference. Yeah. So, for example, that could be a company that is in the space of clean or green energy. Okay, right. Or, you know, could be a company that's in kind of, I don't know, producing a good that is good for the environment or good for, you know, resolving the issue of poverty or world hunger, whatever it is. Yeah. You're seeking out companies that achieve something that you believe in or something that you think is ethical. Yep, absolutely. Um, And then, you know, further to that, you've got, ESG integration. So basically this would involve considering different environmental, social and governance factors that would help you choose a particular investment. Yep. Um, so for example, um, a company that has superior environmental performance um, and treats its employees really well. Yeah. So maybe something like a Patagonia, right? I think they're a what? Patagonia, the jackets and the, and, oh, the, and the clothing. Yeah. Is that how you yeah. say it? Like, I think they've always been touted as um, a company that has performed well from an ethical standpoint, really? whether it's through recyclable, renewable materials, um, paying living wages to their workforce. Um, I think Zara is another example of in terms of that fashion space that, that have quite, kind of a strong ESG framework in place. Um, you know, I think those kind of come to head. These companies, you know, aren't exactly the companies you would think. Tom's Shoes, I think another one where they donate a pair of shoes to, um, you know, I think I think a kid in Africa for every kind of hair that oh, you wow. buy. Um, there you go. That, that, that's kind of like my knowledge of that. But, um, yeah, I think ESG integration um, is definitely a good, good method to look at, like, the total ecosystem that a business operates in. Yeah, and then I guess, you know, kind of the last method would be impact investing. So you're actually seeking out companies that, uh, I guess their mission as the company is to solve one of the bigger issues in life. So, for example, investing in a company that's mission is to resolve world hunger. Yeah, absolutely. Or poverty or whatever it is, you're actively seeking out those companies to invest in. Yeah, to put your money towards. And I think that kind of moves it into a bit of a gray area because when we talk about ethically investing, investing is basically you lending capital or, or putting your money to hopefully get superior returns because I think a lot of the the alternative really with ethical investing in a way is just to give money away to an NGO or a charity. So I think at the end of the day, and social business is a big topic, there are, you, you really have to like pick and choose, you know, some battles. So for example, I'll, I'll give you an example with Tom's Shoes. Um, they're like, they made those slides and, and now they've diversified into other projects. So the, this is a shoe company that, basically gives away a pair of shoes for every pair that a consumer buys to, I think, um, you know, a child in Africa or, or, or a family in Africa. But it's then having spill-on effects where local shoemakers in these communities, um, in these sub-Saharan African communities, they're being priced out of business or they're being pushed right. out of business because they all these, you know, locals are getting free shoes from, from this right. company. It's also, you know, not that we're slagging off any of these individual firms and we do believe in the mission uh, broadly of a lot of these firms, but another kind of interesting method of carbon offsetting, I guess, or just being environmentally conscious is um, through 
yeah, I guess carbon offsetting, right? Like planting a tree for, mm. I guess, the amount of carbon that your company uses, um, yeah. et cetera. So, I think, you know, it's a very gray area in terms of when, it, when we look at investing in, in, in companies, like some companies that are sustainability leaders may have, um, you know, once you dig a bit deeper, I think you'll start to then become a more informed investor and you'll realize that not all is what it seems on the surface. So I guess, you know, we've kind of talked about the four methods that you would mainly use when seeking out a company that is ethical. Um, but I guess, you know, to actually get to the bottom of that, like you were saying, you've kind of got to obviously read up on reports and yeah. look into a few more kind of finer details in order to put those methods into place. Yeah, hundred percent. And this is actually incredibly exciting for me because I'm using oh, my God. CPA knowledge <laughs> that I've nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is not cheap. Um, but anyway, um, so I guess as an accounting body and accounting profession as I speak on behalf of all accountants. No, I'm only joking. But there has been a big drive recently with company annual reports and public information of corporations to really incorporate what we call corporate sustainability reporting, CSR. Now, the origins of that come from the Brundtland Report in 1987. And I think this is a quote maybe you might be familiar with um, our listeners. So, um, you know, when we talk about sustainability, what is it? It's basically looking at meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Now, you can see why climate change is such a contentious issue because it has impacts on our kids and our future generations, right? Because they're living in a more volatile, uncertain um, climate environment. And I guess dragging this into the accounting and investment side, um, modern CSR now is a basic balance of the financial slash economic um, performance of a company. So how a company performs monetarily. Um, what are their social impacts? So a lot of mining companies, um, not a lot, I would say maybe perhaps a mining company might not clean up after itself after it exploits a local mine. So you have, you know, the social aspect and then the environmental, or well, that was more the environmental aspect, but the social aspect is more, you know, around are we paying all of our workers in our supply chain a livable wage? Back to your example with Nike. Mm, and, Nike, and, whatever and the questions around labor and even Apple with, you know, um, you know, the labor in China, questions like that. So basically, you know, the accounting framework is now trying to report on fairness, livability, viability, sustainability. I guess from an environmental lens, um, you know, some of the key um, areas of interest that people might want to look at are renewable energies, um, hydropower, solar, wind, geothermal, tidal, biofuels, biomass uh, versus something like a fossil fuels, like a coal mining company, oil company, gas company. They're quite different. I'm not going to go into like, because uh, I'm not an expert in this, but how energy yeah. works, but they're two different things. Um, you know, there's food production, like you'll hate me talking about this, but animal agriculture um, and just the modern farming of animals, how that works. Water management, particularly in Australia, we're very water conscious because we live in a land that is like 70% desert, I'm pretty sure. So, really? Yeah, like the big chunk of Australia in the middle is just all dry and barren. Not that I've been there, but I want to go to Uluru. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, and then there's biodiversity, obviously, including um, species and, and organisms and more recently, infectious diseases. Um, and waste, right? Like plastics, yeah. recyclables. That's a big movement. 
Like, you know, a couple of years back, our two major retailers here in Australia replaced single-use plastic bags. And there's now a big movement to kind of, you know, stop virgin plastics and keep things in the cycle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, back when I was at Unilever, there was a big talk. And there continues to be a big talk about that. Um, but more broadly, so how do you find all this information for you to make an informed decision as an investor? Well, most companies publish a CSR report and um, what that is, is they kind of look at, um, you know, all your social, financial and your environmental needs and they start reporting on like metrics like um, we saved. 200 million tons of plastic from going into the oceans last year from doing this renewable project, things like that. So that's now starting to be reported more and more so in recent history. Other frameworks include, um, you know, accounting frameworks include the Global Reporting Initiative, Carbon Disclosure Project. Australia actually has water accounting standards. I don't know if you're aware of that. I was not aware of that. But we do. Yeah. (laughs) Integrated reporting, um, you know, ASX has a Corporate Governance Council um, there's a National Greenhouse and Energy Reporting Act. There's a UN Sustainability Development Goals, UN Sustainable Development Goals, rather, um, like things like, you know, zero hunger, yeah. no poverty, quality education, gender equality, things like that. So there are all these frameworks out there that are really very recent and that provide a guiding light for a lot of companies to start to talk a little bit more about their um, total footprint. Um, right. Whereas in the past... It's always been about maximizing shareholder value. It's about making the most amount of money, the maximizing the returns for its shareholders, the Friedman approach back in the 70s, starting then. Like it was all about just making the most amount of money. Now it's more like how do we impact the land? How do we impact our employees? How do we impact indigenous populations? And that's all. People are heaps woke now, aren't they? It sounds like that. I mean, you know, at probably a high level and as you know, as simple as it sounds, I would say that if you wrote in any company, like on Google, if yes, you were like, 100%. how ethical is, say, Nike to yeah, invest in? Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that have probably done research on majority of the companies. Um, and I guess that goes to, you know, certain ETFs that, for example, Ethi, they yeah. invest in and they've done the screening for the companies that they've included yeah. in that managed fund. Yeah. So I don't think that the research nowadays is probably as hard to do because people no. are more woke to kind of all this stuff. So, yeah. you know, if you are looking for a company, you want to invest in a company, you don't know how ethical they are, I would say start it off with a simple Google search. Yes, 100%. Um, Annual reports are really great now because they're like 6 million pages long. Yeah. <laughs> and they have all of this information that I've just, you know, Hidden with the there. frameworks yeah. around, you know, like what is their water footprint and things like that. Um, yeah, 100%. And look... I humbly believe, now this is going a bit off kilter, but I don't believe you can ever fully ethically invest. No, I would I, agree. Like, it, it, I mean, and I something. kind of always have these arguments. Like, for example, Tesla, right? Okay. Sure. In terms of, you know, investing in electric cars. Yeah. That, sure, like that as a, you know, a concept is ethical. Yeah. But how are they making the batteries that go into these cars? Mm. You know, electricity obviously is not, how how is electricity you know sourced? Yeah, absolutely. So to charge the cars, you're using electricity, which I you know wouldn't say is overly ethical. And yeah. to manufacture the batteries, you're also producing you know carbon yeah. dioxide and all the rest of it. And then how do you dispose of the battery? Yeah, that's generating uh, yeah. waste. So I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, you got to look at all those things. And I agree with you. You will never 
find an investment that is 100% ethical. No. But it's about finding companies that are kind of more ethical but then also align with your values. Yeah, I mean, look, taking your Tesla example, if, you know, renewables is on your mind, you would pick a Tesla over a more legacy company, I don't know, maybe Ford. Ferrari, whatever. I think Ford's gone, isn't it? I'm not sure, but so like I'm just talking about like more yeah. of an older manufacturer who hasn't made the switch to renewable, right. things like that. Yeah, so there are there's levels to this, and I think there's also it's more of like a what is the least bad, and I think it's one of them ones where you have to just like make incremental decisions in your life to you know slowly and surely do better. If you think about it, we shouldn't really go on holidays because flying uses fuel and fuel yeah. is not ethical, all this kind right. of stuff. So it's, it's a, to it's a rabbit deg- hole. Yeah, it's to what degree. And, you know, like I think end of the day, if you're making more ethical investment decisions, you're slowly doing, I guess, more of your part. Yeah. And I think you have a tool you want to share with our investors um, talking about, you know, how to find something that's ethical. Um, so how would you how would you do that? Yeah, so there's actually a website in Australia. Um, it's, you know, www.responsiblereturns.com.au um, and then slash search. Um, and basically it's a website and it's a tool that assists investors um, to find financial products or, you know, investment options that apply a responsible or ethical investment strategy that aligns with your strategy. So that's kind of the key term there is that you need to obviously select what your ethical standards are. So, for example, you could select find me an investment that invests in, you know, clean energy and doesn't include any fossil fuels. Whatever it is. You can do that? Yeah, you can. Wow. So, it's actually a really good tool. You can do that with any, you know, obviously like tobacco or whether it's world hunger, whatever it is, the tool actually will narrow it down and then give you a range of investment options based off your selections. Um, and it's not just in stocks, ETFs. It's a whole range of kind of investment options. Um, so yeah, if you're, you know, wanting to check that out, you know, we've left that there so you can, you know, yep. go and have a look at that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we've discussed, you know, what is ethical investing? How would you choose or how would you invest ethically? Um, and I guess, you know, we've kind of explained how you do that in individual sectors or industries. Um, so we thought it would be good to kind of touch on five or six available ETFs that you could invest in if you wanted to ethically invest. Um, yeah. I think, you know, on a stock front, it's worth saying that it's probably a little bit easier um, to find a stock, you know, that is an ethical investment. Um, mm. But ETFs is a lot harder because obviously, you know, you're investing in a fund that manages hundred plus companies. Yeah, and I think in a way you're just letting the fund manager or the clearinghouse do the work for you, as opposed to doing your own research and reading other reports. You know the corporate sustainability reports of, of all these companies. You're letting somebody else manage that part. You know and screen these companies on your behalf, and obviously they're going to charge a, you know, expense ratio for that and a fee for that, but. That's, um, yeah, an alternative to investing um, in individual sectors or stocks is to pick an ETF that has done that work for you. Yeah, cool. So I guess let's kick off. Um, I will list, you know, a few of the, the ETFs that we've chosen. 
Um, and most of them are managed by, you know, reputable or fund managers. Yep. Um, so let's kick it off. The first one is a Vanguard ETF. Okay. Um, and it's the ethically conscious international shares. So the VESG. Yeah. Um, and it basically offers exposure to the world's largest companies listed in major developed companies. And it's basically, um, excludes companies with significant business activities that involve fossil fuels, nuclear powers, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, weapons, and adult entertainment. Okay. Good things to avoid. Um, yeah. I like Vanguard. So I've got no, no nothing to add. I, I think there's probably a great ETF. Yeah, so the next one is VanEck. Um, so it's VanEck um, Vectors MSCI International Sustainable Equity. Um, the ticker code is ESGI. Um, and it invests in a diversified portfolio of sustainable international companies um, listed on exchanges in developed markets around the world. But it's worth noting that it doesn't include Australia. Okay. Um, and it basically, the fund screens out companies that own fossil fuel reserves or derive revenue from mining thermal coal or from oil and gas-related activities um, and companies whose business activities are not deemed socially responsible investments. Do they kind of talk about what socially responsible investments are or do you kind of just trust them to, like, I feel like probably the same as before, like, you know, weapons and gambling and things like that? Right. Um, I think that on their website they, you know, obviously outline what um socially you know responsible investments um are or what they consider them yeah um so you just have to go onto the fund's website um search that etf yeah and have a look through um each of the company reports that they've included on the website this one might be a good one for international diversification right because they're excluding australia yeah that's right yeah um, so the next one is one that we've mentioned before, and it's a Better Shares ETF, and it's the Global Sustainability's Leader ETF, um, yep. and the code is EFI. Um, and basically, it is just an ETF that seeks to invest in 100 of the large global companies, and this also excludes, also excludes. Australia. And they have been identified as the leaders in climate sustainability. Okay. Um, includes companies with high carbon efficiency, um, involved in reducing emission and exclude companies that are exposed to the fossil fuel industry. So it's probably worth noting that, you know, that ETF focuses on ethical investing um, from a renewable resources point of view. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, right, we looked at the largest holding and it was NVIDIA, which is like yes. a, is a graphics kind manufacturer or some tech firm. Yeah. And, yeah, it's interesting to see how that company, I mean, I don't know about the sustainability side of what they're doing, but, yeah. Mm. Let's not go down that rabbit hole, right? Um, but yeah, that's Effie, right? We've talked at length about Effie and its old mate and one of your favorites. Yeah. So the next one we've got is the Intelligent Investor Ethical Share Fund, um, which is a managed fund. And the code for that is INES, so I-N-E-S. Um, and it's an active fund that's designed for investors seeking a diversified selection of Australian companies that produce growing sustainable profits at a low risk of interruption from the increasing threats involved with environmental, social, and governance factors. Yeah. This one's a little bit more interesting, right? It's a managed fund and it's like an active like type fund, right? So I think it probably costs more. Yes. From a expense ratio standpoint. And the way they phrase it, it's like, you know, profits are at a low risk of being interrupted. Um, it's not like an active, like we're going to seek actively you know, yeah. uh, ethical firms or sustainable firms. But, yeah, I mean... It's- and it's Australia only, which is worth noting. And I guess as well, it's not focusing on one kind of ethical, you know, yeah. standpoint. It's just, you know, from a 
broad range of the ESG factors. Yep. Cool. Um, so the next one is another BetterShares um, ETF. So it's the Global Sustainability Leaders ETF Currency Hedge. So it's HEF. Um, it's a portfolio of large global stocks identified as climate leaders. Um, and again, excludes companies with significant exposure to fossil fuels or engaged in activities deemed inconsistent with responsible investment considerations. Yep. No, absolutely. And lastly, we've picked another Vanguard um, fund, and it's the Ethically Conscious Australian Shares ETF, and the ticker is um, VETH, so V-E-T-H. Yep. And again, it provides exposure to stocks listed on the ETF and includes company with significant business activities that don't involve fossil fuels, nuclear power, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, weapons, adult entertainment, and a conduct-related screen based on severe controversies. Okay, this one's a bit interesting because they look at, I guess, yeah, like severe controversies. I wonder how that works. Like, you know, a company that I would very much say is very ethical in most ways and, and does a lot, you know, Woolies, right? They've been found to underpay staff in the past. So I wonder mm. if that plays into factors or yeah. if it's like an oil company that, you know, the BP oil spill. Or like spill. Nestle have or, had, yeah, I guess, like, several standards. So that's probably wonder. what they look at and, yeah, you know, screen companies based on that. But that also is Australian-based. So, okay. you know, um, I guess there's a few good ETFs there in terms of Australian-based shares, but then also, you know, global um, excluding Australian sustainable shares. So a good way to diversify. Yeah. Um, Get a bit of everything. You can, you know, stay in Australia or you can diversify globally. But no, they're great examples of, um, you know, ethical ETFs. And like we said, you know, investing in an ETF is a great way to diversify and have broader exposure, etc. But um, it also means that you don't have that control to, you know, really understand, I guess, completely what the ETF is invested in. I mean, unless you really look at all of the 100 plus companies in a particular fund, um, you know, it's just an alternative to, say, reading a company's environmental sustainability report and, and their social report and things like that and letting somebody else do the work for you from an ethical investing standpoint. Yeah, so thanks for listening along, everyone. Um, I guess, you know, from a high level, that is, you know, the way that we approach ethical investing, um, a quick overview of what it actually is, how you can screen companies and pick, you know, ethical companies to invest in, but then also a few ETFs we've pulled out. Um, if you have any questions, you know, follow us on our socials, um, Simply Investing Podcast, send us a question if you want to learn more. Um, if not, listen to our next episode where we will talk about cryptocurrency staking. Absolutely. Um, and I might just quickly add, you know, we're not here to slag off any of the companies, nor are we here to provide financial advice because we're not financial advisors. We're here to merely provide educational content and concepts around, you know, investing ethically.